Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome back. What a day it has been. What a finish to the week. Not only in the, the silver and gold markets and the upwards price action that we saw here at the end of Friday, but as a whole, this whole trade war, cold war business between the U.S. and China. And, and you know, my my longtime listeners, if you've listened to enough of my upsides, episodes, you guys will notice that I oftentimes will sound more upbeat, more chipper on days in which the market, the stock market at least, is down or or days in which there's a lot of, of turmoil. And, and I want to clarify First of all, you're right. I usually am more upbeat in regards to the marketplace and, and the overall economic picture on days like this. But it's not necessarily from the perspective of wanting to see the world burn. That's not where I'm coming from. Rather, I, I have an understanding that, that what's going on right now in the economy and, and the eventual recession, the eventual series of events I think we'll experience over the next couple of years as far as a recession, uh, financial crisis, devaluation of fiat currencies, etc. Each one of those events and each day like this where the markets appear to be in turmoil is one day closer to a paradigm shift. Because, you know, the fact of the matter is that the current paradigm does not work in the best interest of the common man or woman. And, and that's not me going off on some sort of a socialist communist rant. I'm not calling for an uprising of, of the proletariat or the, the, you know, for workers to unite or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, is that the current system, whether it's corporatocracy or central banks or, I mean, that's a really big one, actually, central banks or in the ways in which markets such as the silver and gold market are, are manipulated, it works to perpetuate the current paradigm which again, and I've explained some of this in the past, generally benefits mostly the, the top 1% or, or, or those in power. Oftentimes those two things go hand in hand. And I look forward to the end of this paradigm. And, and I hope you understand why that's the case. And so that's why I seem a little more update on days like this. And, and what a day it was. It started off, you know, the, the mayhem. First of all, with, with I think most people in the marketplace watching the Jackson Hole meeting from the Federal Reserve. Of course, Jackson Hole, it's uh, Montana, Wyoming, I forget. It's a small resort, resort town, but it's largely famous because central bankers, including uh, our, our own central bankers in the United States, head to the town every summer for a bit of a getaway, and then they give their talks. They give their speeches on, on monetary policy and economic theory and whatnot. And and understandably so, the markets were kind of keyed into what Jerome Powell had to say. But the way it ended up happening is what he ended up saying kind of got lost in the shuffle. At the end of the day, I'll be honest, I didn't even read or listen to or even check out what he talked about. And the reason being is that it, again, was lost in the shuffle because of the other events of 
today. Namely, China once again escalating this trade war, which I don't even want to call it a trade war anymore. I've just been calling it a cold war oftentimes, but I'll use those terms interchangeably for the sake of, of simplicity today. They, they up the ante, per se, with a further increase on tariffs on U.S. imports. Now, I want to say it was $75 billion worth, which, you know, compared to, to the amount that we're oftentimes placing in, uh, uh, tariffs on, you know, $100 billion, $250 billion, doesn't seem like a lot, but, but I'll remind you that we definitely import a lot more from China than China imports from us. So it is a big deal. It was retaliation, and predictably so, Donald Trump basically said, I'm going to retaliate. And I think the Chinese expected that. They probably got their desired result. And he did retaliate, raising tariffs on, on you know, one chunk of tariffs that were at 25%, he raised to 30 And another one, that which has, was at 10%, he raised to 15 And And this really kind of follows this, I don't know, prediction, this overall trend that I've been talking about and following for quite some time now, that this trade war is not getting any better. I mean, every now and then, every couple days, it seems like we have either Donald Trump or Peter Navarro or Larry Kudlow, you know, two economic advisors to Donald Trump, or else just some random report from the White House or even from, from China, from Beijing, saying that trade talks are going well, that they're heading in a positive direction. But nothing ever really comes to fruition. At the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of you know each and every month, I mean, the general trend has been more and more escalation, more and more tariffs, more and more currency devaluation. And so, you know, increasingly, it looks like this, this trade war, which is turning into a cold war, I'll get to that in a second, is likely to be the catalyst for the next recession. It's looking more and more likely that that's going to be the case. Now, I use the word catalyst, but I don't want to confuse that with some of the, some of the, the root causes of this coming global recession. You know, I, I've used this analogy in the past. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but maybe I will anyways. I've used this, this analogy in the past of, of, of an individual, a person, who has very poor health overall. Let's say they are very overweight, don't get a whole lot of activity, eat just really terrible food, let's say they have diabetes, poorly controlled uh, uh, blood sugar and, and cholesterol, and and uh, they don't get very much sleep, high stress, maybe they drink alcohol regularly, do use, use recreational drugs, etc. And what ends up happening is, let's say this individual goes to the hospital for pneumonia, and they end up passing away from the pneumonia. Now, on the coroner's report, it very well may be the case that pneumonia is the, the, the cause of death. But, but really, if we're going to be honest here, was it really, or was it their unhealthy lifestyle and just their overall unhealthy uh, body, unhealthy systems, cardiovascular, respiratory, etc.? I mean, most people, let's say, I mean, this pneumonia just started probably from, you know, common cold or a bacterial infection that most people would be able to fight off. And yet this person passed away because of just how poor of shape their body was in. And I like to use that analogy and compare it to the U.S. economy or the global economy. Our fundamentals are weak. They're unhealthy. Whether we're talking about high levels of debt, over-leveraged at the, the corporate level, the consumer level, the sovereign level. Uh, we, we, we can talk about the poor demographics picture 
here in the United States, Japan, Europe, China, and it's only getting worse by, by the day, by the year. We can talk about, uh, you know, some of the more systemic issues like, like central banking or, and their control over interest rates and, and the you know, supply of money. We can talk about things like fractional reserve banking. Or when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Government intervention or whatever it is. But that's going to be the real cause of this next major slowdown, which would, I think, will be a very large slowdown, rather than just, you know, this trade war. That's just a small catalyst that was enough to, you know, the the, the uh, straw that broke the camel's back, per se. Now, getting back to this trade war turned into a cold war, I mean, this is really following exactly what I've been saying for a while now, that we have to stop calling this just a trade war or just a currency war and understand that this is a broader confrontation between the U.S. and China that extends beyond tariffs and Huawei and sanctions and the Chinese uh, yuan dollar exchange rate. This is this really encompasses what's going on in Hong Kong right now with those protests, the pro-democracy protests. <laughs> This encompasses what's going on in North Korea. We got news this afternoon that they launched yet another missile, obviously in, in provocation, probably directly linked to this escalation of the trade war. This is this encompasses the South China Sea, Taiwan, uh, One Belt One Road Initiative by China. You know the list goes on and on. And additionally, this this trade war and this currency war portion of it, which is only one portion of that Cold War. That in particular is also not just exclusively a U.S.-China thing, right? We're seeing this going on between South Korea and, and Japan, the U.S. And, and those two countries at times, the U.S. and the European Union. I mean, U.S. and China, uh, sorry, Mexico, uh, Canada. You know, this is hardly just a U.S.-China thing either, right? And so we have to maybe stop becoming so fixed on just tariffs or just the currency exchange exchange rate or what have you and really broaden our perspective and understand that that maybe this is the very you know paradigm shift or the beginning of it that that i talked about and that's why it's so broad why it's so far-reaching and and not just uh, uh specific to u.s china trade policy so as i said you know looping back to the beginning it was a crazy day today Dow Jones was down well over 600 points. Uh, of course, that stock market, uh, you know, major downturns in the stock market do have an effect on U.S. economic growth because of how dependent our economy is on high equity prices, right? If the stock market's doing well, Americans tend to spend more, and, and we have a consumption-driven economy. But maybe even more importantly than that, because you know, we know the stock market can go up another 600 points on Monday, more important than that is the impact that this is having on consumers and, and corporations in their spending decisions, right? And the escalation of the trade war, broadly speaking, is bearish for the U.S. economy and, and global economy. And that's going to affect their decisions in expectation of a recession or a downturn. And at some point, it's sort of, as I was talked about in my video uh, recently, 
the, the recession watch one, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think I was, I was making reference to the, uh, the Golden Rule radio that I was listening to yesterday. So this is, as I said, increasingly looking like this is going to be the catalyst for the next slowdown. Dow Jones down considerably today and precious metals up very significantly. Silver up about 40 cents, knocking on the door of 1750 once again. Gold uh, moving back up north of 1500 pretty solidly up around 1530. And what's crazy about this is that you know, China announces these new tariffs. Trump announced he would retaliate by this afternoon, but his actual retaliation, which people kind of maybe knew it was going to happen, the, the escalation of the tariffs or the increase of the tariffs, it didn't actually happen. He didn't make that announcement <clears throat> until markets are already closed. And so, you know, that, you know, the full extent of this escalation that happened in the last 24 hours may not have been fully realized in the markets. So what's going to be really interesting over this weekend is will we see, as far as tweets or otherwise, more um, news from Beijing or from the White House in terms of of further escalation? More tariffs, uh, sanctions, what are we going to see on the Hong Kong, North Korea, Taiwan, South China Sea front, and what's going to happen Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening when overseas, like Asian markets, Japan, China, uh, Singapore, etc., open up? You know, it was two or three weeks ago now that China uh, allowed the the offshore yuan to finally, for the first time in, in many many years, rise above seven to one relative to the dollar. And that was, I mean, that shook the markets. And silver and gold rocketed higher on that news. Well, the yuan is down quite a bit today before market close. But if this doesn't get resolved, if the things are not better by Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, 8.15 Central Time, 9.15 Eastern Time here in the United States, that is when China, I believe it's 8.15, 9.15, that China... Big, uh, um, releases their their daily fix for their onshore yuan, right? And what happens in that number will really be telling, as well as you know before that, what happens with the offshore yuan will really be telling as far as what directions is heading. And look, I, you know, I've predicted a, a bit of a pullback in silver and gold for a bit now, but you know. If we see a major devaluation in the next week, if we see more tariffs, further escalation, this could get very bad, right? And pile on top of that, a greater and greater expectation of Fed easing as the economy weakens. I mean, if, if Trump wants his way of, of quantitative easing of lower interest rates, this is one way to get it. As we move into this, I could easily see gold knocking on the door of 1600 by the end of the week. I could see silver well over 18 by the end of next week. I could be talking here next Friday about uh, you know what's the next step for silver and gold after that. So, anyways, as always, I, I want to say, as I always say, thank you guys for tuning in to my work. You know, I, I, if it weren't for you guys, I'd just be some you know blithering idiot talking about some some random opinions he has but but i do appreciate that so many of you value my opinion opinion value what i have to say on these topics so i appreciate that as always 
the number one thing you can do to support me, you've already done, and that is watch this video, listen to this podcast. So thank you for that. If you want to go above and beyond, you can support me through through Patreon. There's a link below in the description. Uh, you can purchase the rest of the bullion using that link down below in the description. But as always, I'm just happy to have you guys here in the first place. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.